speaks volumes right there. That's really all you need to hear. If this is how Steve Nash is moving and all the little details that helped him become a great player, I think it makes, uh, yeah, pretty much a ton of sense that everybody should be doing it. Welcome back, Game of Lifers, to another episode of the Game of Life podcast. I'm your host, David Nurse, and I'll be your host all episode long. So deal with it. On this episode of the Game of Life podcast, you are going to become a better athlete. Boom. Period. End of story. Seriously, you will. Even if you don't think you're an athlete, just by listening to this podcast, your body movement efficiency will be increased. So if you had a sore back when you woke up this morning, yeah, that'll be cured. You may never look at movement the same after this podcast. So just because I love you guys so much out there, Game of Lifers, I ventured all the way up to the freezing cold, the great north in Vancouver, Canada, on a search for the most cutting edge, in-depth athlete performance development, and I found these guys, Fortius. And in this podcast, you will hear me call them Fortius, basically the whole podcast. I'm going to blame that solely on myself not having a thick maple syrup Canadian accent. So my guest on the podcast this week is Ryan Murray, and he is one of the leading physios in professional sports alone and is an absolute genius when it comes to figuring out how to help athletes become the best version of themselves and function at the highest ability that they can in their given playing field. I have watched Ryan literally reconstruct a top 10 NBA point guard's body movement and make what was in a very explosive, efficient player to begin with, even more so. And even more so than he ever believed that he could be. Fortius has worked with the best of the best, the Canadian Olympians, the Toronto Raptors, the Maple Leafs, and is a brainchild of whom I consider the best athlete in movement efficiency of all time, Steve Nash. So buckle up and try to stay still if you can, Trust me, you're going to want to get up and move. Ryan Murray Fortius, Game of Life podcast. Here we go. Well, tell me all about all that you guys do up in Fortius. And your mission statement says it all to me right here. Integrated Athlete Development Center, strengthened through philanthropy and focus on optimizing human performance for life. The Game of Life podcast, all our listeners, everything that I'm doing with the Athlete of the Future development is all based on human performance, optimizing your life in all aspects. Just talk to talk to the audience about Fortius and, and what you guys do up there and how special it is. Yeah, I think to, to first start off, I think it's worth mentioning that, you know, Fortius, the vision was was drawn out and the concept was drawn out from a few of the founders, um, namely some of them, Rick Celebrini, um, Alex McKechnie, who are physios um, in the area, uh, some local doctors, sportmen doctors, Jack Totten, surgeons like uh, Brian Day. Um, and they had this vision of this exact institute that's been developed. And their goal was to have a nonprofit. So the Institute's nonprofit, everything's put back into the community. And, you know, what really stimulated it was the ability of uh, Scott Cousins, who basically don- donated about $23 million, which is the largest charitable donation in sport in Canada, uh, to help pur- purchase the facility and uh, help 
develop what we have today. So special thanks out to that guy. Um, but you know what we try to what we try to do is basically fill the gaps where we thought they were in in the. In the um, you know, in the rehab and performance-based network, uh, especially in Canada, where we do try to basically create an integrated approach to athlete development to optimize human performance and prevent injury. So, you know, that looks like anything from acute injury to healthy athletes just trying to get better. And ideally, what we try to do is take an athlete-centered approach to see what are the needs of the athlete to help develop an individual exercise program or, you know, not just exercise in, in particular, but what other buckets do they fall in, whether it be, you know, lifestyle, you know, movement, uh, biomechanics, nutrition. So we kind of, we'll assess, rank and prioritize basically the athlete's needs and then develop a practitioner-focused team around them to help them achieve their goals. I, I really like that as how customized you are to every player's needs because, as you realize, every person is different, every athlete is different, and they have different needs. And one thing when I was up there able to learn from you and and just see how 40S operates is how together you guys all are on the same page. And the biggest the biggest struggle that I see with, with development for NBA players or professional athletes is they might have a weight coach here they might have a a movement coach here a shooting coach here but everybody's not on the same page so it's not really the optimal approach that it can be but you guys i mean you guys have chiropractors massage therapists physios i mean movement specialists and biomechanics everybody is on the same game plan that's where i think you guys separate yourself from literally everybody else yeah, and I think that's, you know, that's the difference between, and, and that's the challenge, right? The challenge is the integration and the collaboration because ultimately it takes time, right? All those, all those conversations and communication between all the disciplines, that's the hard work right there. For sure. But that's, that's the difference between a multidisciplinary approach versus an interdisciplinary approach. So a lot of, a lot of teams are still trying to, you know, they have different disciplines where you have your strength coach, your skills coach, your chiros, your PTs, mm-hmm. but they work within silos a lot of the time and they're not actually integrated. So we try to, we try to really interdiscipline as much as possible and we set up programs based on assessment and screening and testing to help profile our athletes and then determine, okay, where are these athletes' needs most going to be achieved? And then we come together as a group and develop a plan. So it's not just, you know, the PT is doing the acute assessment and then they're on to, you know, strength when they're feeling better. There's a bit of a spectral or a flow within the, the parameters of whether it is rehab or athlete performance. But that's where the magic really happens is, is within those overlaps between the PT knowing a little bit more about the movement aspect, sure. the strength knowing a little bit more of the rehab aspect, the performance coaches knowing a little bit about everything. So everyone works together to achieve a common goal. And that's where I think the magic really happens at Fortius. All right. Welcome back to the Game of Life podcast. We've got Jeremy Lin on. Jeremy, what's going on? The two most important days in your life are the day you're born and the day you find out why. He's like the eye of the hurricane because in the middle of the hurricane, it's really calm. 
And so Michael never tried to stop all the madness around him. What he learned was he just got calm in the middle of it. Stealing that pass at Staples, I was like, dude. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Give Kobe a little glance after that. What's up? Uh, You want to be that person that when they walk into a room that people are happy to see you. Talk to me about working with Ronaldo. You helped coach Ronaldo to become a great sleeper. A human test tube. Thank you, man. I, I, <laughs> I think that's like one notch up from being a human guinea pig. They'll take it. In a good uh, way. And I just pray, man. Like, I just pray and I just thank God for, for everything. The moment you realized, man, I'm in the NBA. Oh, man, that was from day one. That was the... the the day I got drafted, when I heard my name being called, Buckle Up, the Game of Life podcast coming at you, where we bring to you the behind-the-scenes lives of NBA players, business-savvy entrepreneurs, and top-level performers in all fields of personal development. The podcast that helps you become the best version of you. So even just talking about it, it doesn't do it justice. And I was able to come up there and be able to see it firsthand. Uh, with an NBA point guard up there and the process you put him through and it just seemed like how everybody is like yourself I mean you're you're working with them and then you're working with the weight coach you're in there in the weight room you're on court doing movement you're you're in every single field so you know else around it's it's putting what I think is, is is the future of development the athlete of the future is having a team together all encompassed in one but everybody being on the same page and for the same common goal. And I think that's where a lot of NBA teams, I mean, obviously could really, really utilize you guys, but that's where a lot of them struggle just because there's miscommunication on, on the overall, on the overall game plan with it. And, and I think, and I've seen it firsthand too, just, just how much you can change somebody's, somebody's body through movement alone, through functional movement. Can you talk more on the basis of, of how important functional training is compared to just let's meet headed out, squat this barbell and pump, pump iron type of approach? Absolutely. Yeah. I think, like you said, it comes back to, you know, being on the same page, but having the same principles between all the practitioners, you know, people, culture, and principles, they drive so much of what we do. So, I mean, methods, there's many, you know, principles are few. And if you follow through the same principles, everyone can kind of be on the same page. And I think that's, that's that piece of the puzzle that people still struggle with. Um, you know, the movement quality, obviously, is we put a lot of stock into it at Fortius uh, mm-hmm. because we think it's not done well. Not all the time, at least, but uh, that comes with experience of and, and um, the philosophies and the principles that were passed down to me and overseen in this facility through the guys like Rick Celebrini and Alex McKechnie, you know, and, and what they've developed over time. So that philosophy has kind of been instilled into us and it kind of grows throughout the facility. So it's it's infectious is what it is. Uh, you know, the movement quality per se, again, we follow specific principles. So we get guys moving in well position, control and strategy. And we look at specific dissociation patterns. So you might have an athlete that they, they don't understand position. They don't understand what position they need to be in. 
but that can be broken down further. Like in a, in a neutral athletic position, what are we looking for across the board? What's a bit of our technical model that we're trying to achieve? So everyone's speaking the same language. You know, that could be broken down into mobility or stability or motor control to determine, okay, is the limiting factor here the fact that they have no awareness of their body or they have no control of it? Or is there actually a limiting factor due to mobility because they had an ankle sprain maybe when they're 12 and they weren't and they're not able to get into that ankle or shift over because uh, they're restricted into dorsiflexion per se. So I always try to stimulate conversation around taking mobility off the table. If we can take mobility off the table, movement quality will improve. If mobility looks good, we look at control. Control core control, sequencing movement. So there's lots of research and evidence looked at by um, Paul Hodges and Jal where they look at transverse abdominals, which is like your inner core muscle unit. And that muscle sequences before you do any athletic movement. So we teach our athletes to sequence their movements through their core and move from the middle. So everything's moving from the middle from your lumbar pelvic control and The ideal thought is they move proximal to distal, which means moving from the inside from the core and then transitioning those movements into more distal patterns. So we never want to see that guys are moving in a distal movement pattern, which is leading with a foot in our extremity. And then one of the final aspects of that is their strategy. So what's an athlete's plan of action when they move? Do they, you know, reach with the foot? Do they... Uh, let their knee dive in are they stable in those positions so basically how these guys move really affects movement efficiency and efficiency is going to affect performance so if guys are breaking down or leaking in through the kinetic chain somewhere we're going to try to coax them to move more towards the norm and hit these landmark positions that um, athletes are that are performing well at and being successful so i think when we look at what is ideal movement? That's the challenge and saying, and you know, do you change someone's movement that's maybe performing well? So if you look at a, a basketball player and they have an unorthodox way of shooting, do you start mm-hmm. to change that movement? And that's, that's a common argument. And, uh, you know, the goal would be to look at, again, movement efficiencies. If guys are, if guys are getting tired in their games or they have chronic injuries, maybe we might say, hey, we might have to reevaluate the way that you're moving to try to make you more efficient you know and some of those developments will based on development kinesiology or common landmarks or positions that we see specific athletes achieving when they're successful and pathomechanics so if we see a guy that's you know continuing getting knee injuries or we see an injury model we try to say hey this is what we see when guys are getting injured we want to kind of stay out of those movement positions and teach them towards more of a pattern of stability that makes any sense it makes a ton of sense to me and you hit the nail on the head with efficiency and also talking about how like guys at the at the highest level in the nba they're there for a reason and, and a lot of them have no idea how gifted they are and how athletic they are so to be able to so to tell somebody hey let's change up your movements but uh you have a 45 inch vertical and you're super explosive it's it's a challenge. Same thing, like you were saying, like a, a good shooter that has an awkward form. How do you make it more efficient as opposed to just saying, hey, go ahead and go with it? Like like I've, I've dealt with players that just like 3% body fat, super athlete, and all they're eating is burgers and fries. 
So how do you really tell them, hey, you got you to stop eating burgers and fries long term. It's not going to be good for you. You can, you can function at a higher level than you are even now. So I think I think you hit the nail on the head when you talked about efficiency. And I and I saw like I saw you guys work with an NBA point guard, great NBA point guard, athletic, explosive, and you're changing her to be even better. So a lot of it it looks like is is like the small little how important the small little details of efficiency movement is. And to keep going on that, I I, I went through a lot of the stuff that that you you were putting the point guard through and I, I was struggling like crazy i found out my my i thought i had good form on my movement but i'm walking around with my butt sticking out and i have no idea what disassociation means or how to how to utilize my core movement so tell the audience tell the audience what like disassociation means and and how important the core aspect is to movement yeah, I think, I mean, specifically dissociation is the ability to keep one segment of your body still while you move the other one. So if you think about the center or the axis of rotation, you have axis of rotation through T8, T9. So T-spine, your upper back or body will rotate left and right, uh, and your lower body will rotate on underneath it. So when you run, you have reciprocal motion between upper and lower body. So the ability to associate or dissociate your upper body from your lower body is what happens in sport. So those quality of movements and those motor control efficiencies are key to success. Because if, if I have a stationary position and I'm grounded to the ground and I'm stable and I have to turn my body, I want to be stable into the ground so I don't feel like I'm off balanced. If I'm off balance, then I have to catch myself and I lose, I lose energy, I lose efficiency, and it's going to be difficult, me, difficult for me to even get a shot off, let's say, for example. Yeah. So if I can keep my chest and shoulders square the basket while I cut to the left, then I swing my lower body around to square myself. I, I can keep my eyes on the target I'm going to shoot, and I square myself in the direction that I'm balanced, and I can achieve a successful outcome. So a lot of what we do is it's it is in the way of position control strategy and the control part being that core aspect and moving from the middle staying deep into your hips but a lot of it is movement control through motor learning and if you look at the sessions that we do it's it's based around learning about your body and having awareness around how to move it properly yep that's the biggest limiting factor of these elite athletes that we see they run into patterns and strategies that that may work for them, may not work for them, but they're stuck in this strategy, and sometimes the strategies are poor. So we try to open up other strategies for these athletes so they can be more efficient or more aware of them when they're in their sport. So they're not locked into this continuous pattern that's overloading their knees or overloading their hips. They have ability to stay centrated in their joints, stay balanced, create a shot. So if I had to kind of, you know, say, hey, the part of the movement that's most important, a lot of it is having an intention and a purpose to what you're doing. Nice. So instead of just going out onto the court and just doing what you've always done or you go to your warm-up that's structured by your strength conditioning coach, you're not, you're not even having the 
I guess, awareness to what you're trying to do. And the intention, the purpose to your movement is key for transferability on the court. So commonly what we'll see is guys will come into the clinic and they'll they'll do some squats in the gym, mm-hmm. maybe some lunges, and then you won't see that transferability onto the court because it's not even connected, right? Or guys will go from that and do their warm-up and guys are just going – through the motions, no intention and purpose to it. So, you know, having that that goal in mind of what you're trying to do helps groove the pattern of what the aspect of success is going to lead to in the future. And then you build in after that, you build in more variability. You build in the ability to create, you know, anticipatory movements or external uh, factors through fatigue um, environment, opponents, all those aspects will help with the transferability. But the biggest, the hardest thing to do is to take change in movements in front of a mirror and then instill those principles into the dynamic aspects of sport. So that's what, where we say, okay, you can't just do one aspect here and then expect it to transfer. You need to have transferability onto the court. And that's where the on-court stuff and on-field stuff or on-ice stuff is so important what we do here. Man, that's so great in so many different levels. Like the transferability, training for a purpose, having a game plan when you go out on the court, knowing what your, I mean, what the main reason of why you are actually training is. Because so many people get in the habit of just exactly going through the motion. It's really cool to to hear you say that in in terms of that's like how I look at player development as far as on the basketball court. Like if you don't have a game plan of what you're going to do every single night and how you're going to attack it, I mean, you're just going out there and just hoping. So without the the purpose and the transferability of what you do as far as movement, strength, conditioning, everything, then it's really for no purpose at all. That's awesome. And and I know through through going through a lot of that that you showed me, I have a long ways to go. If I'm going to make my comeback to the NBA, it's going to take it's going to take years to recreate my movement. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to say. We'll help you in a couple months. Come on, man. Well, I, as long as we keep you still and stationary shooting, you're golden. <laughs> you know me too well. Yep, no movement, no defense. Corner three, spot me up. Yeah. So the the best athlete in the NBA that that I've ever seen, and, and my role model growing up watching him, and the best movement biomechanically that I've ever seen is Steve Nash. And Steve has had a, a big footprint on Fortius. As am I correct on that? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah. He works. He's worked a lot with with Rick Celebrini, which is one of our our founders. But uh, yeah, he's involved in some of our our program development and, and foundational um, we do, we do a, a foundation that's called kids move. And that actually helps with uh, creating movement literacies for youth development. So he's been heavily involved in that, but uh, yeah, he's worked with, with uh, Rick a lot in the past to help with his athlete development and, you know, get him where he was in his, his career. So they have a great uh, relationship. Yeah, so I think anybody listening to this, that speaks volumes right there. That's really all you need to hear. If this is how Steve Nash is moving and all the little details that helped him become a great player, I think it makes uh, yeah pretty much a ton of sense that everybody should be doing it. Quick break in the podcast. You can take a seat, stop moving for a second. 
This week, the Game of Life podcast is brought to you by Chimera Coffee. Because we all know coffee is basically the most important thing in life and how you start your morning. It's got to be the best. Chimera Coffee is more than just coffee. It's a way of life with nootropic, stimulating dopamine levels in the brain, aiding to a reward response, helping you take action and move towards setting your goals and shattering. Basically, drinking coffee and making you smarter. These beans source deep within the central mountain range of the Dominican Republic in Jarbacoa, the region blessed for its microclimates and known for producing very high-quality an amazing tasting coffee. And now, if you enter code NURSE, yes, my last name, at the checkout, you get 15% off your order. I've got this with NBA coaches, players. They love the taste. And I recommend checking out the Chimera Cacao Booster Powder. It will change your life in your coffee if you like chocolate. Check it all out at ChimeraCoffee.com. Nurse in the checkout. All right. Let's get back to the second half of the podcast, stand back up, and get ready to figure out how to move the most efficiently you can on everyday basis. Ryan Murray, Fortia's second half. Let's go. So, all right, transitioning here. Just came out not too long ago that LeBron James spends $1.5 million per year on his body, on all different aspects of training, recovery, Uh, just continuing to become the best version of himself and the athlete of the future. So when you're looking into the future and seeing this uh, 1.5 million and, and a lot of, a lot of players thoughts on the next level is like a float tank or cryo or, or, or something like that. Where do you see 10 years from now, NBA players, how are they training body optimization, mind, body, spirit? Have you thought any about that? Looked into, took into, deep look into that magic eight ball of the future? Well, I think, I think ultimately when it comes down to it, you have to look at the bigger picture. And to me, when I look, when I work with any sport or any athlete, I always ask myself at a, at a overarching principles, what are the needs or what are the needs analysis of the sport? So if we're looking at the sport, doesn't matter what sport it is, particularly basketball. You got to be able to run. You got to be able to jump. You got to be able to sprint. Uh, linear movements, lateral movements, change of direction in multiple planes. Basketball specific tasks like shooting, passing, rebounding. So these are obviously foundational things that we see in the sport, and they're pretty consistent with a lot of sports. Understanding the sport and the positional demands is key. That's the first thing, and that's what happens in in early development and athlete development earlier in their career. Sometimes these, these foundational movements get missed. So we will commonly break down specific positions of jumping or running and find out where their movement inefficiencies are. But that's one aspect. You gotta to need to know the demands of what the sport is. And, and I think you know, through the NBA, I think it's well established. So what do these guys need to be able to do? And then you have to evaluate the actual individual. And the hardest thing, in, I think, in sport in general, team sport, is to build an individuality in a, in a sport environment. So guys will come into a team environment and they'll say, okay, we understand what a basketball player needs. 
They need, you know, to be able to jump. They need to be able to run. They need to be able to change direction. And they'll build programming based on that. And it's purposeful programming. But how do you individualize aspects of that for each player within a team? And how do you create the time to do that efficiently? Because ultimately you might have, okay, we've got an hour in the gym. Yep. We've got a team of athletes. How are we actually going to break that out? So I think evaluating the athlete is key, whether that be early in season, and that's where the collaboration with the multidisciplinary or interdisciplinary approach comes into play. So in general, for example, if we, you know, if we bucket our athletes, we'll look at movement, which we put a lot of stock into, quality of movement. Um, we'll look at fitness, conditioning. You know, so you might be testing exercise physiology. We look at uh, strength as a bucket. So strength being profiling athletes of um, force versus velocity. Uh, and then we look at lifestyle, you know, stress management, nutrition, sleep hygiene, mindset, you know, work ethic, you know, all the things that sure. that yeah. you, you talk, you know, being a better, you know, being a better individual and, you know, athlete in, overall. So I think taking a team environment of saying, okay, yes, these are the demands of the sport, but how do we better individualize each person's needs based on testing and assessment and screens, collaboration, integration, innovation to kind of say, hey, this is what each individual needs and it's not just a team. Yeah. Does that make sense? That does make sense. And I think you're exactly right. The more individualized, customized, efficient, for purpose, those type of words that I mean that you've been talking about throughout the whole podcast is exactly how it's got to be. There's no there's no cookie cutter mold to a whole team on how they're going to optimize. So basically, basically in a nutshell, it'd be figuring out each individual's the highest ceiling that they can hit, putting together for their individual growth, also compiled with team growth as the overall goal. I like it. I like it. Absolutely. Okay, so I kind of consider you guys as like the secret lab up there in Canada and a ways away from LA and all this craziness down here. And I would love to. I would love to send every player. I think every player should be sent up to you guys. As I mean, I, obviously, how much I believe in in you and and Fortius. Can you talk about uh, some of the teams you guys have worked with? They're the Olympic athletes, or just give uh, the audience a little behind the scenes of this is the secret lab. <laughs> uh yeah i mean we do a lot of testing for local community teams um obviously any of our canadian olympic athletes a lot of them will will train or rehab out of the facility um our our professional teams will um, be engaged in testing as well as rehab through the facility uh, those are mostly um, the Vancouver Canucks, which are associated with Rick uh, Rick Celebrini's the performance director, um, as well as as the Whitecaps. Um, I mean, they they will train within their facilities and their teams, but they'll they'll do some testing, assessment, and uh, a bit of training and treatment throughout the facility. So it's very spectral. Like we have anything from um, community based adolescent athletes that are rehabbing from an ACL to um, you know, high-level uh, professional athletes from pretty much any sport that you can think of. Yeah, from big-based snowboarding, slope style to uh, track athletes, uh, javelin throwers. 
it, it goes on and on. So again, understanding each one of those sport demands and then pairing them with the appropriate practitioners, strength coaches, chiropractors, um, profiling those athletes based on their needs and then building a team around them is what we try to do. That's really cool to hear too. I was going to leave that question for last, but just as you're saying that you're working with all walks of life. So this is, I mean, this isn't just for high level, the top of the top athletes. I mean, everybody, everybody can benefit from it. So if you could, if you could leave the audience with, with one thing or a couple things on how they can better themselves through just the realization of how important functional movement is, what would what would be one thing that you would leave them with? I know that's kind of kind of a tough question, as you're not able to see them and assess them. But is there anything that they can work on daily that can help them? Uh, I think again, it, it comes down to asking them what their goals are. What are your goals? <laughs> what are your opportunities? And what do we need to do to kind of point you in the right direction? And if you're asking yourself that, you're saying, okay, where, where are my strengths and where are my weaknesses? You know, we, we try to promote strengths and keep them high and, you know, work on weaknesses slowly. So, you know, you, you ask yourself, you know, what am I good at? What am I bad at? Where am I challenging yep. myself? And I'm, am I working on those, those limiting factors or am I just getting my strengths stronger? So, you know, emphasize your strengths, but always ask yourself about your weaknesses and, and try to work on them, you know, and that may be your weaknesses, maybe movement. And I think the issue or the limiting factor with working on movement is you don't know what you don't know. And it's hard, to, it's hard to evaluate that on your own. So, you know, I, I would strongly encourage any athletes that, you know, would like to move more efficiently or improve their performance on the court to you know, to search out a local movement specialist or or um, you know a physiotherapist or a strength coach that that has um, knowledge in the area, but also has knowledge about human movement, and get some feedback. You know, a basic screen to take mobility off the table. That's always my first recommendation because it may be the way you're moving is your body's not allowing you to go in those positions because you have a restriction in your hip or you have a restriction in your ankle. So you could be doing yourself a disservice by just trying to change the way you move without, you know, going through a bit of a screen, checking for safety, checking for major blocks, big blocks to take off the table. Once you take that stuff off the table, you say, okay, it's all about just control, quality, position, mm-hmm. moving from the middle. So uh, yeah. strengths and weaknesses. Yep. That's where I would go. And have, and and I think it's a great point. And having a goal, like what is your goal? How do you want to get there? And a game plan, man, that's awesome. Like all that you're talking about is like exactly the type of mindset of growth development personally that I have for players that I work with throughout the year. And yeah, how did you? you know, last question before we get you out of here. I'll let you. I'll let you get out of here after this one. Like you are, you're a legend, man. You do so much. Like just being up there and watching you, like all. All your hands you have on every different aspect and how you're able to relate to players and motivate players. And like, how, how did you just get into this? Is it, how, how did you follow your passion of physio and then just being so sciencey in depth? Like, I literally think there's nothing that you can't do. Uh, 
You know what? Is there is there anything you're bad at? Are you one of those guys that are just really good at everything? Because I'm in this call if you are. No, no, no. I think honestly, <laughs> I think my I enjoy helping people achieve their goals. That's awesome. What it comes to. and when you know when you put your your when your purpose matches your passion, you know it's easy to do what you love. And you know I love sports, but my passion is really human performance, human movement, human development. Um, so I, I mean, you know, if you watch me, like I'll watch sport, I'll watch all sports and, 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 you know, obviously I have my favorite teams that I root for and the love for the games and love for all different sports. But, you know, when I'm watching the sport, I'm constantly pausing and looking at efficiency of movement and who's, who's the best at what they do and, you know, why are they doing that? What choices have they made in their decisions? But what are her, what are their biomechanics and, and what, where do they, get their successes from and then how do I instill some of those those movement successes that I see on the best of the best into the athletes that I work with day to day so I mean I think it's just the passion for helping others but also the passion for for human movement and again you put those together and then I think you have a recipe for success man that's so awesome to hear that's this is this has been my favorite podcast of learning and not just because we potentially look like brothers, but all the information <laughs> that you're dropping here, man, is so beneficial for 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 everyone, for for high level athletes, for all walks of life. So I really, really appreciate you coming on the podcast and sharing with the audience uh, everything and how important it, that body movement is and functional movement and all that you talked about. And now the last, but the most important question. This is going to be a tough. <laughs> What the heck is curling? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But seriously. Are you serious? Yeah. What is curling? Like, I, I break it down. Just real quick break. <laughs> real quick break it down for me. Because it, it looks like they're just like they're, they're brooming everything in front and they're just, they're just cleaning. Have, the you, have, have you ever played like bocce ball or like lawn bowling or shuffleboard? Oh, yeah. Shuffleboard. Kind of okay, like so, big version. Yeah. So any aspect of that is you're trying to you're trying to get a disc or a ball closest to the target, and that that allows you to gain points. So curling is just an aspect of that on the ice where you have um, stones that you throw down the ice and they glide, and you're trying to get closest to the target. So they'll have blue. One team will be blue. One team will be red. And whoever has the most stones that are closest to the the circle or the target gains that many points so just like in bocce or or shuffleboard you can try to hit your your other targets uh your opponent's targets out of the area of of um of the the center circle you're aiming for so it's just a canadian version of any aspect of of those i I like it any sport that i can be non-athletic and play in the olympics in that's what i'm in if i'm seeing (laughs) Stay-at-home moms just getting super intense actually being in the Olympics. That's that's super cool. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for your time. Is there anything that we can support or have the have the listeners uh, support 40s or how, how we can do that? Uh, yeah, you know what? We have a 40s foundation. Like I mentioned, we're, we're obviously a nonprofit and yep. we 
have some some programs that are funded um, through our Kids Move that's powered by Reach, but um, has a heavy influence from the Rick Nash Foundation and um, you know the collaboration with Fortius to create this program. So um, that helps kids, children uh, with movement athlete uh, movement literacy from ages nine to twelve. So that's a full. That's a non-charge program that we we offer to any of the community kids um, to help with their movement development. Uh, in addition to that, we have athlete bursaries for um, you know economically disadvantaged athletes that are hoping to rehab or train um, you know in the unique environment that we create at Fortius. So yeah, that can be found on on the website. So you know anything that's uh, been created towards that would be great. Sweet man, we will link to all that for sure. And thank you so much for your time. And anybody listening to this podcast, if you are an NBA coach or GM, you need to bring these guys on. No doubt about it. Ryan, go enjoy your bike ride and chugging the gallon of maple syrup. Thank you, my man. <laughs> All right. I'll be back up there soon, definitely, especially since it's getting warmer. Yeah, yeah. We're, keep working hard. I'll talk uh-huh. to you soon. Thanks, brother. Talk to you. Big time thank you to Ryan Murray of Fortius for jumping on the podcast and sharing his knowledge of how to become the most efficient body mover you can possibly be and just learning like what it is behind the scenes of what these NBA players and the top level athletes will go through and what they will continue to go through. Fortius, I completely believe, is what is of the future. They are before their time, 10 years down the road from now, I mean, they'll be ahead of the curve, but this is how all athletes will be trained on this type of basis with everything involved functioning together as a one community to make these athletes who they are. And you're getting behind the sneak peek of what it's going to be like to be an athlete of the future. Speaking of which, just because you're a Game of Lifer and you're listening to this podcast, you have the chance to jump on and learn what it is to be the athlete of the future. Not just athletically, but mind, body, spirit. Living your best day every single day. That's one thing I always wonder. Like, why can't I just have the best day that I can have every day? And you can. And I'm going to help you get there through what I have been able to learn throughout all my years of travel, over 40 countries, working with over 100 NBA players, seeing what makes them function at the highest level and bringing it to you on an every day, every week basis. And you can sign up for that at dnabasketball.com. Become part of the DNA family as you are a Game of Lifer. There will be just a lot of information similar to this and even more in-depth on what these type of players are doing on a daily basis. Their secrets, their nutrition, their workout, their morning routines, everything. dnabasketball.com. Be part of the athlete of the future movement, which is taking over the world. Well, maybe not just yet, but uh, you can help it do so. So, Game of Lifers, thank you so much for being on this podcast. Can't do it without you. Your support. Please leave me a question, a review. iTunes five star always recommended, so we can keep getting the best guests on here. Sneak peek for next week is the top nutritionist in the world. Kobe Bryant's nutritionist, the one that taught Dwight Howard not to eat 22 Hershey bars a day. She is amazing, very good friend, part of the Athlete of the Future team, coming to you next week on The Game of Life. 
So I hope you all have a great week, a blessed week. Do something for somebody out of your comfort zone to encourage positively somebody else in your life that needs it. Could change their whole day, their whole week. So I hope you all have an awesome week. And remember, life's a journey. Enjoy it. David Nurse, Game of Life, signing off.